Ineffably Yours by Secondhand News Chapter 21 Good Old Fashioned Lover Boy Read by Secondhand News July 2019 St James's Park, London Crowley was always late. It was a key feature of his character, as he told Aziraphale whenever the angel scolded him for his poor timekeeping. Couldn't help it. He could leave the apartment with half an hour to spare and still stroll up to their meeting point 20 minutes late. That day, though, he was going to arrive exactly when he was supposed to. Nervous energy coiled in his legs as he entered the park, heart hopeful and full as he cradled the flowers in one arm and let the other swing by his side. Globe amaranth for the bouquet that time. Immortal love. As if any singular definition would be able to sum up the entirety of what they had spent eternity building, stone by stone, glance by glance. He thought of Aziraphale's sleepy voice tumbling through the phone when they had spoken late the previous night after he had returned from Kew, unable to keep his excitement about the day to himself. He thought of how he had closed his eyes, rested the phone on his chest and tried with every fibre of his being to imagine that the angel was there with him. Oh, I'm supposed to be in Greece next week, Aziraphale had said through a yawn, looking out the window at the moon hanging low and fat in the sky his little plant curled in on itself on the window sill as it rested. Raphael mentioned I might want to... Oh, forget what they want, Angel, had come Crowley's interjection, voice buzzing with energy after his day of reminiscing. For once, forget duty, forget supposed to. What do you want? The sound of Aziraphale clearing his throat filtered through the phone. For a second it seemed as though he was going to speak, but then there was only silence. Crowley sighed, longing hanging heavily in his voice. Oh, this is torture. It doesn't have to be. When Aziraphale's voice came, it was so soft, Crowley thought he might have misheard him. But then, a heartbeat later, the most beautiful word he had ever heard. Tomorrow? Tomorrow. It hadn't given him much time. He'd wanted to plan something spectacular for the moment Aziraphale saw him again. Something to show the angel how he truly felt, what that meant to him. How could he begin to condense their history into a single sentence? How to explain that Aziraphale had been the focal point in his life since that day in Eden, the first day he had escaped hell, sent to the earth to lead the humans astray? He hadn't been very good at that, except for once. He was better at leading angels astray, as it turned out. Aziraphale had been his moral barometer from that day, the idea of seeing him again was the anchor that had kept him from succumbing to hell's grip. He had seen the way the other fallen had had their spirits broken, had staggered out lost and eternally empty. He reached the duck pond early, hunkering down for the agonising wait, arms draped over the railings, he murmured to the ducks. What do you think, guys? Is it going to be all right? In the end, there had been no time for extravagance. It had come down to the flowers and Crowley himself. He just hoped he was enough after all that time. Aziraphale was frantic. Every possible disaster scenario ran through his mind as he approached the park. What if he had read the signals wrong that whole time? What if it was a trap and Gabriel was there waiting for him, smile razor sharp with vindication? What if the whole thing was a 6,000-year double-cross dreamed up by hell? 
How is it possible that everything was going to work out the way he'd dreamed? After the last year of torment, it seemed inconceivable. He thought of how liberating it had been the night before, to throw caution to the wind for once, to make the first move. It had been the most soul-bearingly honest thing he had ever done, to speak his desire out loud. When it was just the two of them, alone in their world, it was easier to be brave. There was no hiding, not anymore. Crowley had asked him what he really wanted, if he set duty and heaven aside. Aziraphale had known his answer before Crowley had finished asking the question, had always known, if he was honest. Then Aziraphale saw him, early, for the first time ever, leaning over the railings by the duck pond, fidgeting with the flower bouquet he was holding, the angle of his jaw clenched as it always was when he was on edge, dark glasses obscuring those eyes, and the mess of scarlet hair he longed to feel under his fingers. He was perfect. He always had been. Suddenly the angel was running down the gentle slope towards the duck pond, all notions of heaven and hell abandoned, letting his feet carry him back home. Crowley heard Aziraphale before he saw him, one word rising over the background din of the busy park. Crowley! He turned towards the sound and everything else disappeared. All that was left was Aziraphale racing towards him, a blur of white and cream, flower bouquet dangling from one hand, a beaming smile on his face. And then Crowley was running too, fueled by the absolute need to hold his angel and never let him go, to touch his skin and know that he was real. He didn't have time to think. All he knew was that there was distance between them that needed to be closed. He was almost knocked back by the force of Aziraphale colliding into him as he flung his arms around the demon's shoulders and pulled him so close he could barely breathe. He buried his head in Crowley's neck and the demon could feel his skin warm against his own and knew then that he was real, that it was real, they had really made it in spite of everything. Aziraphale pressed his lips to Crowley's jaw, his cheek, his temple and all the demon could think was that that moment, that feeling, that was what it was like to be home. He was home. You... Aziraphale said, pulling back and looking up into Crowley's eyes, voice bold and clear and utterly unafraid. Just you. That's all I want. You've always had me, Angel. Crowley slid a hand up to cup the side of Aziraphale's face, leaning in to kiss him slowly, deeply, as if he'd been waiting a hundred lifetimes to do it. Five thousand years, he sighed as they broke apart. Six thousand, came the gentle correction. Wasn't that keen on you for the first millennium? Crowley laughed, pressing his lips to the angel's forehead and then bending low to kiss him again, intoxicated by the sheer joy of the moment. I love you, Aziraphale whispered, one hand reaching up to stroke Crowley's hair back from his forehead, the words so quiet it felt as though he was breathing them into his skin. I love you, I love you, I should have told you a thousand times before. I'll never leave you again. It's you and me now, always. Run away with me, angel. For the first time in a long while, Aziraphale didn't hesitate. Anywhere.
Behind the couple, the British Economics Minister and the US Defence Secretary sat on their usual wrought iron bench in front of the duck pond, inclining his head towards the demon and angel who were too wrapped up in each other to notice the world continuing around them. The British Economics Minister elbowed his acquaintance in the ribs. There they go. I told you. Pay up, mate. Sighing, the US Defence Secretary dug a hand in his pocket and then slapped a £10 note into the other man's hand. As an angel and a demon pledged themselves to each other for the rest of existence, kissed their love into being, neither had noticed the two bouquets of flowers laying on the ground by their feet, next to two cards with identical words containing a simple promise. Yours, ineffably.